a lot of problems, as you know, in kids ministry or marriage, you know, or relationships happen because of competing values. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, va- we're, we're fighting because we're, we're trying to uh, fight for our value. And sometimes those are, we overdo those things uh, or underdo other values. Yeah. Uh, that's a way to say it, or don't care about certain values. Yep. And so a six is going to care about stability. We need stability to be healthy in this yeah. kid's ministry. Whereas a seven is like, no, we, if we're going to grow, we need to adapt and we mm-hmm. need to change things. We need to change the curriculum, uh, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But you, know, you can see that we're all valuing different things and we need to yeah. listen to each other and work as a team to work on those values. And if we're championing ours too much and not paying attention to other values, it's going to create going to create conflict. Hey friends, welcome to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. Kids Ministry Circle is a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. I'm your host, Lauren Jackson. Last week, we kicked off a brand new series called Ball in Summer. It's our summer series about all things volunteers. If you missed our first episode with Josh Jenhart from Lead Volunteers, don't forget to go back and listen. Now, today's episode is not our typical interview. We typically interview either kids ministry staff or kids ministry experts, but today is an exception. When I began thinking about leading teams of volunteers, I tried to think through what has helped me over the years, and the Enneagram came to mind. I was a kids ministry director when the Enneagram became very popular in my city, and our staff quickly caught on. It has continued to be a helpful tool in my marriage, in my friendships, and in areas where I am leading teams of people. So I invited Tyler Zock, author and Enneagram coach, to join us on the podcast to talk about all things Enneagram and kids ministry. We walk through all nine types. We talk about the ones that you often see serving in kids ministry. And Tyler gives us so many tips and tricks on how to lead our people well. Now, before we jump into the conversation with Tyler, I want to give a friendly reminder that if you are a longtime listener of Kids Ministry Circle, or if you're jumping in just for the volunteer series, we would love for you to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people and other ministry leaders find this show and continue to learn alongside all of us. So you can head over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. Now, on to my conversation with Tyler. Tyler, welcome to the podcast. Hey, it's so good to be here. So great to join you, Lauren. Yes, I'm so excited that you are here. But why don't you start off our conversation by talking about yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your family. Tell us how you got started in ministry and how you got started in the whole Enneagram world. That's right. Well, I grew up in a very small town uh, in Northeast Nebraska. And I uh, grew up Catholic, went to college, got involved in the campus ministry of Crew, uh, Campus Crusade for Christ. Some of you may be, recognize that. And found Jesus uh, while I was a frat guy, uh, led a Bible study, got involved in my campus ministry more and more and Greek ministry and decided to go on staff uh, with uh, Crew, uh, doing college ministry full time for about nine years. Uh, so wow. mainly here in Omaha. Nebraska area, and also K-State for a couple of years, uh, leading the the campus ministry team there. Then got invited to pastor, and didn't, never saw myself as a pastor, but got invited to be, be a pastor, and then eventually plant a church uh, for the, you know, the past five years. And uh, I met my, my uh, college sweetheart, Lindsay, uh, you know, at college through campus ministry, and we got married. I had a long road of infertility, 
uh, and then finally adopted two uh, kids, so two boys that are now 11 and 9. The youngest is on the spectrum, so that's presented a lot of different uh, challenges. And so this past January, I actually left full-time ministry after 18 years of, of ministry and uh, decided to partner with my wife in homeschooling our son and doing Enneagram work full-time, working from home so I could be more available to my family. And it's exciting for me because I get to do more writing. You know, I'm writing a 40-day devotional for every Enneagram type, and I can do lots of creative things now that I wasn't able to do before. But all to say, I have a lot of <laughs> ministry experience, and so I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yes, that's awesome. What a great story. And thanks for sharing about your boys. And that's just really sweet. Um, okay, so the big reason why we wanted you to jump on the podcast and to talk to kids ministry leaders is because so much of your Enneagram work is one, your books about the gospel and your Enneagram number, I, I feel like have been really beneficial to the readers. But also, I think a lot of your content is geared towards how does it what does it look like to lead and what does it look like to lead in light of the Enneagram and knowing that knowledge and helping you lead better and understand your teams better. And so I thought it would be a great conversation to kind of have you jump on and talk about how as kids ministry leaders who often lead the most number of volunteers in the church, how can we lead well and how can this tool really help us lead our teams? So kind of to kick us off, some people may know about the Enneagram, some people may not, but why don't you just give us a big overview of what it is, what are the nine types, and then we'll continue to dive deeper as we go. Yeah, so Ennea is nine. So Enneagram is a nine-pointed diagram. And so it lays out nine uh, archetypes or nine personalities. And right off the bat, I should say that I don't believe that God just created nine uh, personality types. Uh, they're just nine ways of categorizing uh, various personalities. Uh, so, you know, you have the Myers-Briggs and all these other personality types that are just good attempts to categorize uh, humans so that we can understand each other and understand ourselves better. So the Enneagram has nine personalities and you can actually take it further and there's, you know, you can break it down into three subtypes of every type. So you could talk about 27 mm -hmm. uh, subtypes. So just think of it as like the primary colors in art class. You know, you have your primary colors and then when you mix those colors together, it creates this infinite amount of hues and shades uh, that are beautiful yeah. that reflects God's creativity in creating us. And the Enneagram is motivation-based. So it's motivation-based, and it doesn't just talk about outward behavior like other personality tests do, but the Enneagram helps you understand why you do what you do. And that is why it's having mm -hmm. such a profound effect on people's lives and is really, I think, the most popular tool to use right now, not just in the church, but also in business. And so it really yeah. provides a map, uh, a growth path uh, chart for people. Uh, one pastor said the Enneagram is like sniper sanctification. <laughs> it can help put the, the crosshairs on certain things that you didn't know that you even struggled with, that you might even be suppressing mm -hmm. as you read through your Bible and daily Bible reading plan. And it, it's not a box. Like it's not meant to put you in a box. It, it, as Ian Cron says, it's not about absolutes, but probabilities. So if you are type eight, for example, it's not going to say, here's absolutely who you are if you test as an eight uh, right. or self-identify as an eight. It's saying, here are some probabilities 
that eights often struggle with or eights are really good at that you should pay attention to if you want to know your calling, what you should do next, or these blind spots that may you make that may get you in trouble. So pay mm-hmm. attention to these things. So it's it's really yeah. helpful and helpful. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's great. Why don't you quickly go through the nine types just so we have a good kind of foundation and then we'll make sure we have enough time to dive deeper into each one. For sure. So type ones are called the improvers or perfectionists. Uh, They're accurate, thorough, diligent, responsible, very moral and ethical. I care about justice, fairness, like to be in control. They fear being bad or like morally uh, imperfect. They have a desire to be morally good and to be right. Uh, They focus on what needs improving. Uh, They We'll see the light bulb light bulb off in the kids' ministry room and be, oh, we need to do that. <laughs> they're oftentimes yep. carrying, you know, their iPads or clipboards because they're just very organized. Mm-hmm. And they avoid making mistakes at all costs. I think the Apostle Paul was was a type one. Okay. Interesting. Type twos, they are the helpers of befrienders. They are caring, warm, nurturing, generous, altruistic, considerate. They fear being rejected. Uh, or being useless. Uh, they desire being loved and wanted. So you can see they're very relational. They focus on the needs of others and they avoid their own needs and desires, oftentimes sacrificing everything for others. Okay, so you're gonna, you're gonna see a lot of twos jump into volunteer oh, yeah. roles. Yep. So type threes, I'm a type three, and you said your husband is a type three. Uh, We're successful, efficient, focused, practical, motivating, competent. Uh, We fear being uh, being failures, failing, uh, being worthless if we're not winning or being successful. So we desire to be successful and to gain the admiration of those in church. Uh, We focus on our image and goals, and we avoid failure and inefficiency at all costs. Uh, so then you got the type fours, who are the individualists and the romantics. Uh, they are deep, emotional, tasteful. They care a lot about the aesthetics, and they're just they long for beauty and meaning. They're deep. Uh, they fear mm-hmm. being flawed or inadequate. Uh, they desire to be unique and special. Uh, they focus on what's missing, and they avoid the common or the ordinary. They like doing things, you know, very unique and being very special and being set apart. Uh, The type fives are the investigators or the observers. They're intelligent, private, very curious, quiet, oftentimes knowledgeable. They fear being ignorant uh, or invaded by others. Uh, They desire to be capable and competent. Uh, They focus on accumulating knowledge and they avoid being uninformed or intruded upon by others. Uh, Mm -hmm. So type sixes, uh, that's your type. Uh, the loyalist and my wife. Uh, <laughs> so your husband's a three and you're a six and I'm a three and my wife is a six as well. That's that's fun. Yep. Uh, so the loyalists, sometimes called the, called the devil's advocate. <laughs> uh, they are prepared, dedicated, dutiful, hardworking, loyal, and can be submit, submissive or rebellious. <laughs> kind of depends on, yep. <laughs> on the day of the circumstance. Uh, they fear being without support and guidance. Um, they're all about their wolf pack. Right, they're about the community. Uh, they desire safety and security above all else. They focus on what could go wrong and strive to be prepared. And they avoid uncertainty and putting themselves in vulnerable positions. 
type sevens or the enthusiasts or epicures. They are creative, fun, visionary, imaginative, playful, inspirational. They have a fear of being deprived or trapped. Uh, They desire to be happy and satisfied. Uh, They focus always on what's next, what's coming. They're always anticipating the next best thing. And they avoid pain and suffering at all costs. Then uh, you have the type eights or the challengers, or what I like to say is I like to call them the defenders. Uh, They're outspoken, direct, opinionated, bold, decisive, tough, and protecting. Uh, They fear being weak or controlled by others. Uh, They desire to have uh, power, protection, and influence. Uh, They focus on taking charge, and they avoid weakness and vulnerability at all costs. And then lastly, we have the type nines, the, the peacemakers or mediators. They are good listeners. They are kind. They are agreeable. Uh, they are oftentimes more shy. They're patient. They're calm. And they are steady, steady eddies. Uh, mm. They fear being in conflict. Right? They like having a peaceful life that's not disrupted. Uh, and they, don't, they fear being overlooked. They want to be acknowledged. And they have a desire for peace and harmony. Uh, They focus on the expectations of others, so they're very supportive, and they avoid conflict and discomfort at all costs. Uh, So there you go. There's a quick rundown of all nine types. That's awesome. So if people didn't know their type before listening to this, maybe a couple of maybe perked their interest of like, oh, that sounds like me or that sounds like me. Um, But that will kind of be helpful as we dive in deeper into the type nine, but before to the nine types. But before we do that, let's talk about how do people or how have you seen, Tyler, people use this tool to lead teams? And now sometimes the question gets asked of like, well, does everybody need to figure out what their Enneagram type is or for leaders? Do they just need to know their type? What kind of how? How have you seen people use this as a leadership tool and maybe why it would bring value to a kid's ministry team? Yeah. Well, first of all, I should say I have a self-typing guide. And so people can download that for free. It's like 18 pages. And so if you want more of what I just said, you can download it for free off off my website. Uh, So it's like tylerzoc.com slash free. And so you can just download that and uh, it'll have, you know, how each type you know, is operates in the flesh versus in the spirit and just some more great things mm. that you can get uh, for free. Yeah. So I, I'm a big proponent of you self-typing uh, or, or self-validating your type rather than yeah. like taking a test and then somebody else telling you what you are. Uh, you can yeah. just look at all these, these, these lists of motivations and be like, yeah, I resonate the most with, with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in terms of your, your question about why it's useful is I think, you know, God through the Holy Spirit produces in us self-awareness. And, you know, John Calvin mm-hmm. said we can't grow unless we are aware of ourself and aware of God. So you need both of those things. And we can grow without the Enneagram, but I found that the Enneagram just speeds up the process of knowing yourself and knowing other people. Uh, if I would have had it in premarital uh, counseling <laughs> before I got married, it would have saved me a ton of conflicts uh, oh, yeah. with my wife. Because it gave us probabilities about ourselves that would have been super helpful to know ahead of time. I mean, we found mm-hmm. them out, but it just would have been so helpful to know ahead yeah. of time. Uh, for example, you know, like threes care a lot about their image and don't like looking bad. So when, when you know, Lindsay was busy getting ready and we were late to church, 
I would get mad. And she, yeah. are you getting so mad? Well, it's because, <laughs> because you made me look bad. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, we're yeah. getting to church late. And I look like a failure, you know? Uh, it, just things like that, uh, that, that, we could have caught earlier as in, mm-hmm. in terms of knowing why I'm getting mad. Cause yeah. oftentimes I don't even know why I'm getting mad. Yeah. Uh, so it can, it can help you understand yourself better. Uh, it can understand, you can understand your, uh, your spouse or your ministry leader better mm-hmm. and have more empathy towards them. Yeah. So for, for Lindsay as a six and you as a six, you naturally are just thinking about, okay, how can I keep my family or these yeah. kids safe? Mm-hmm. And so when you start getting agitated, you know, why, why somebody doesn't want to do a background check <laughs> or somebody doesn't want to do something and you're getting frustrated, yeah. uh, then you can, you know, understand uh, why you're getting frustrated is because people seem to be throwing safety out the window and caution out mm-hmm. the window. And we, you know, the, in kids ministry, we need to protect kids at all costs. That, that, that's an that's a value of of God's, and so uh, just by helping you to know yourself and helping you to know others and why they do the things they're doing can just pro- produce a lot of more empathy and mm-hmm. help you to work through conflict uh, better. And as yeah. you know, when it comes to church and ministry and conflict, there's all it happens all the time yeah. and people either stop volunteering or they go to a different church. That's mm-hmm. just the reality of ministry. Yeah, totally. Those things happen all the time and you can get so burned out and, um, and just depressed <laughs> by mm-hmm. conflict that happens in church. But I think the Enneagram and self-awareness can help prevent some of those things or help you to understand why some of those things uh, are happening. Uh, so I, yeah. it, does that make sense? No, I think that's really helpful. And one thing that you said, I think is so important when talking about this tool and leading kids ministry is the empathy piece of like, when you understand why someone is so passionate about this small area of your ministry that you may not be passionate about, it allows you to open your eyes and say, oh, this is the way that God created them. They created this person to think about the lights in the classroom and to think about the level of the music and to think about the furniture or the background check example is such a great example. And I just think that allows you as a leader to have more empathy. And like I think what comes to mind is like sometimes there are volunteers who are so not intense, that's not the right word, but just so um, they're paying really close attention to discipline and making sure that kids are following the rules and that their classroom is listening and obeying and following the rules for Sunday morning. Or maybe you don't even have any rules and there's volunteers being like, hey, can we get a list of like rules that we're supposed to follow? And it's like, well, that's because that's how God made their brain to work. And we can have empathy towards that and we could lead them in a way that values who they are. And I think all of those voices are so important when it comes to just seeing the kingdom and making sure that ministries are well-valued and well-rounded in terms of people and voices and, and ideas and thoughts. So I love that. I think the empathy piece is huge. I think that's just something that comes to my mind. And just as leaders, I feel like we could always have more empathy towards our team. So if this is a tool that could help you do that, then I am in for it. So I love that. Yeah. A lot of problems, as you know, in kids ministry or marriage, you know, or relationships happen because of competing values. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, vet, we're, we're fighting because we're, we're trying to 
uh, fight for our value. And sometimes those are, we overdo those things uh, or underdo other values. Yeah. Uh, if that's a way to say it or don't care about certain values. Yeah. And so a six is going to care about stability. We need stability to be healthy in this yeah. kid's ministry. Whereas a seven is like, no, we, if we're going to grow, we need to adapt and we mm-hmm. need to change things. We need to change the curriculum, uh, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But you, know, you can see that we're all valuing different things and we need to yeah. listen to each other and work as a team to work on those values. And if we're championing ours too much and not paying attention to other values, it's going to create, going to create conflict. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Let's jump in to talking about each type and you're going to share some things about that specific type and we're going to chat about it and kind of figure out how maybe kids ministry leaders could really lead this specific type well. Or if you're a kids ministry leader and you're leading out of this type, how are these tips and tricks helpful for you? So Tyler, why don't you kick us off with the first uh, type that we're going to talk about? Yeah. So I see a lot of type ones being kids ministry leaders. I don't know why, but I just see a lot of type ones in mm-hmm. kids ministry leadership. Their working superpower is to spot mistakes and improve things. They like progress and making things better. They're highly responsible. No one is more responsible than them. They have high attention to detail. They have high standards uh, for behavior and they are mm-hmm. just well-structured and organized. But their blind spots are they often think they know the right way to do things and can become critical of others. They can seep out in side, sideways comments that make their criticisms or their frustration with volunteers very clear. <laughs> uh, when people mm-hmm. don't do what they're told or don't show up uh, to volunteer. Uh, yeah. And they can be too rigid. Uh, their, their personality can just be too, like we gotta improve things, we gotta have high standards. They, they can just come off a little too rigid. And so my leadership uh, tips for them are to delegate more, right? To mm. let go of responsibility, even if balls are going to get dropped because they can't, it's, it's too much frustration and pressure to do it themselves. So yeah. you need to release control, delegate more, and then lighten up more to make, you know, volunteering for kids ministry fun, mm-hmm. like fun and not feel like yeah. it's this duty, you know? So just to lighten up more, smile more and uh, induce a sense of like positivity uh, into their leadership. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Okay, I thought of a question. And this goes kind of for all types, but I want to make sure that the kids ministry leader who's hearing this, who they're probably like, oh, that volunteer is definitely a one. (laughs) That like, why, what is the danger of that? But also like, yes, you can acknowledge that this is their skill set. Like everybody needs somebody on their team that can that can take note when things need to be fixed. That's such an important role. But I also have been this, I have been in this spot before you have that one volunteer who says something is wrong every single Sunday. And you're like, man, can I just get one Sunday where things go right? (laughs) And so how do you navigate that as a kids ministry leader? That's not necessarily a one, but maybe has a one on their team that it constantly feels like they're not doing well enough or they're not good enough at their job because the ones are always over here being like, this needs fixed. Yes. Those, I love what you just said. And, you know, you need to think of yourself first when you're, we're going through these again, the, the, mm-hmm. the first order of business is to, is self-awareness. So be thinking about yeah. yourself before others. And then, yeah, you, you're going to come across these types and, you, and think, oh, man, I, I can think of this person and this yeah. is why they drive me crazy, <laughs> you know, 
which is oftentimes what happens with type ones. Uh, they get a bad rap uh, because they can be overly critical, right? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the Pharisees were ones. They're unhealthy ones. But you also have to pay attention to their values. Like ones uh, just don't want any balls to drop. They want things to be yeah. excellent. They have high standards and that's going to help your kids ministry uh, thrive. And mm -hmm. they're more responsible than you. <laughs> so you might check out of, you know, quit volunteering or move to a different church or, but they're going to be responsible. They're not going to drop the ball. And so we need to mm -hmm. praise them and think about those things yeah. as we're, think about the the good things as we're talking about each type. Yeah. And I love that shifting your mindset to not saying they're nagging on you personally, but they truly, their motivation is they want things to be the the right way. They want them to be safe. They want to excel. They want to do things well. And that's maybe not a direct correlation with your leadership ability, but just their innate gifting to see things and want them to be better. And so I think kind of flipping it on its side and saying, oh gosh, thank you so much for noticing that. We're going to get it done this week. Or maybe could you help me? Like all of these ways that we can in, in really turn that conversation into more of a positive than thinking, man, they're always thinking things are wrong and all of that. It could be really negative, but I love that. Just switching it up a little bit. So that's really helpful. Uh, do you, do you have one more thing about no. the ones? Should we go to t type two? Okay. Yep. Let's jump into type two. Okay. Type two's working superpower is serving others and showing empathy. They're great with kids. Uh, mm -hmm. Great and being empathetic, showing their feelings, being compassionate, being very nurturing and supportive. They have strong relational skills. And adults just feel safe handing their kids off to type two volunteers. Their blind spots, though, are they can never say no to you. <laughs> You'll ask them to do a million things and they'll do a million things for you. They're, that's sounds great, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, yes, <laughs> but that is until they burn out. Uh, they give yeah. and they give, but secretly, and have to admit this, oftentimes twos don't want to admit this, they secretly do all these things to get, to get lots of praise and validation. And if they don't receive that back, <laughs> then I then I say they hulk out and eventually will mm -hmm. come to you and it will surprise the heck out of you and they will be angry. They'll hulk out and they say, I serve at this yeah. church more than anyone, but haven't mm -hmm. gotten X, Y, or Z. And so sometimes they may just leave the church altogether uh, for feeling unappreciated. And so my tip uh, for twos, for volunteers, is to say no more, right? To put a limit yeah. on your serving and practice mm. self-care. Practice self-care. Care. Put the oxygen mask on yourself first, right? Yeah. And again, they are the first to volunteer, which is great, but they're also the first to burn out. So they just need to yeah. pay more attention to themselves and make sure that they bring their a healthy version of themselves to serving. Yeah. I think that's such a smart idea is to limit the number of serving, whether that's like, Hey, we ask our volunteers to serve every other week. And, and this season we're not asking more, but maybe there is a season where you do say, okay, now we're asking volunteers to serve every week for the kids ministry staff member. How do you love a two really well? And maybe how do you approach the conversation of like, Hey, are you being healthy in the amount that you're giving, um, and that you're serving kind of, how do you have that conversation of making sure, um, that twos are not going to get burnt out? Hmm. Man, just how to have the conversation with them. Yeah. Or just what are your tips and tricks for those staff members who see their volunteers that are 
twos serving and serving and serving and serving and they want to be proactive so that nobody on their team really hits that hulk out yeah, moment that yeah. burnout moment yeah well you got to just be aware of how many how much stuff you're asking them to do and yeah. ask them to do less and be challenging them say hey did you did you take a break or mm-hmm. hey do you want to take this fall off of serving so you mm-hmm. can yeah. just rest you know you've served 7 years in a row and now it's time for for a sabbatical or for a break mm-hmm. and you yeah. know give that opportunity to them just make sure that you're caring for them because they're not superhuman they're not Jesus they're not yeah. the holy spirit they can't help everyone and do everything without there being consequences for their soul and ultimately for the relationship yeah. with the church. Cause I've seen twos get burnt out and leave our church mm-hmm. uh, over this issue and you don't want to lose them. They're, they're amazing people. Yeah. And so let's not treat them as cogs in the machine and just to better ourselves or our church, but to care about them as people. Yeah. I love that. That's so good. All right. Number three. Okay. Type threes. Their working superpower is to get stuff done and look good doing it. (laughs) Threes are oftentimes just impressing people with how much they get done. They're like, wow, how did they Mm -hmm. do that? Uh, They have great organizational and admin skills. They're great with social media. They can write curriculum. They're excellent communicators who are great at casting vision from stage and just know how to recruit and build teams and get it done. You know, if they, if you're going to start a kid's ministry, they'll get it done. Yeah. The blind spot is, um, and don't nod at these, uh, Lauren, since your husband's a three, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they can put tasks and goals over caring for people or, or, you know, put tasks over volunteers or make the volunteers feel like they're not the highest priority. Uh, they might feel like mm-hmm. the, people might feel like the highest priority is efficiency, you know, producing and growing the ministry, you know, making it bigger and they can wear a performing mask to get people to admire them and use kids ministry to, to boost their own image, to Mm. boost their own, um, image of success. And so they may go to another, I've seen this with one, three, they, they went to another church because they were volunteering and volunteering. And then they wanted to lead the kids ministry and we had to say no. And so they just just left their community altogether because they mm. oftentimes they want a status or a title. Right. And so my leadership tip for threes is to serve without needing a title or a role. Yeah. Uh, and to see kids ministry as a way to sacrifice, like in a good way to be Jesus rather than seeing it as another rung on the ladder of success or to, yeah. you know, boost your image to church leaders. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. That's threes. Yeah, I think that kind of that conversation comes into play a lot because we talk about quite a bit of sometimes kids ministry leaders aren't in all of those those decision making meetings and they're not at maybe it's elder meetings or the pastoral staff or the lead team or whatever the phrase is at your church. And sometimes it can feel um, like a big bummer. And I can feel this being a huge pain point for threes, not being invited into those bigger conversations and those big decision-making conversations. And I love what you had to say of like, just serve and just serve not for your fame, but to bring glory to who God is and what Jesus has done for us. And so I think that is such a huge encouragement. Hmm. Good. You can talk, want to talk about fours now? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Type fours working superpower is... They're a little harder to wrap your minds around fours. They're very unique. They they have this depth and creativity that inspires others to find a meaning and wholeness in their work and in life. 
Uh, their creativity makes them good at writing curriculum also. Uh, coming up with creative crafts and fun projects for kids. Uh, we had a kids ministry uh, leader that was so good at like every Sunday you'd come and the kids would be doing these amazing creative projects, just engaging them. And they just loved it. They soaked it up because mm-hmm. this four was just inducing their creativity into kids ministry. And they just have a really good, they do a really good job of, of, of being compassionate to kids who are suffering, who have been bullied, right? They just connect emotionally well with kids. Their blind spot is that they can be overly sensitive and dramatic uh, when you're working with them. <laughs> they can be a little too emotional. Uh, and they have difficulty with routine and structure on average. So they may keep things too spontaneous and too free-flowing when kids' ministry may need more consistency and structure to grow and expand. Right. Mm-hmm. So my leadership tip for them is to use their passion and creativity to make kids in ministry unique and special, right? To not shy away from that and to go up to your kids ministry leader now or go up to your church leader now and say, hey, I have these creative ideas that we can, can, can we do these things? Yeah. And care more about productivity and structure, which are things that are needed for a kids ministry to scale and grow. Yeah. So it also care yep. about the businessy uh, type things as well. Yeah, I love that. I love fours because that what you said of they just bring so much creativity. And like when you're talking about telling kids a story about Jesus or a story about the Bible, sometimes you've got to be creative and you've got to kind of engage kids in their creative, imaginative mind. And so I think fours are a huge asset to kids ministry. I love it. Type fives, their super uh, superpower is that if this analytical power that drives them to research everything uh, in depth and then know how all systems fit together. So they are really smart teachers in in teaching the kids uh, curriculum. Mm -hmm. They can create their own curriculum because they're very, they're good researchers and and wise. They're good with technology. Oftentimes they're good problem solvers. They're prepared and they're very self-sufficient. Like once you get a five on board, you're not, they're not going to need a lot of help or instruction. They're just going to do their job. The blind spot is they can come off as very quiet and aloof, uh, unless they're a five with a four wing or a um, a one to one subtype of five that, that can look like a four. There, so there are some more emotional fives, but oftentimes uh, fives are com- more quiet and aloof, and they may get angry when you ask them to do something last minute. They have a really hard time being spontaneous. <laughs> okay, uh, and so my tip for fives is to be more expressive with kids. Or if you're a kids mm. ministry worker who's a five or, or a leader, like be more expressive with parents. They want to see that you're, you know, engaged yeah. and fun for their kids to be around. So be more expressive than you think you need to be. And then be more okay with socializing, right? When you're doing kids ministry, you need to socialize with other volunteers before you start volunteering or mm-hmm. socialize with other people in the room. Uh, you have to go to kids ministry trainings, right? Be okay and see that socializing is a part of the job and to lean into that rather than isolate yourself. Yeah, that's so good. My At one point in my ministry career, my kid's associate was a five, and I loved her ability to research. She knew the best of the best out there, but also I would have to often prep her of like, hey, I've got this big idea. I want to implement it like tomorrow. <laughs> and she'd be like, uh... <laughs> 
And so we would have a lot of that like prep conversation of like, hey, we're going to shift gears a little bit. Like we're going to be a little bit spontaneous over here. So it's it's good. I think they're important to have on your team, especially for that like research and the very thoughtful skill set. So, uh, okay, let's talk about six. Let's this is me. So we can talk about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The best number. (laughs) <laughs> sixes are really type tens, you know, they, uh, <laughs> in my, in my book, um, my, my wife will probably, you know, listen to this, uh, podcast cause she'll, she'll be, you know, super excited about it. And I can't say that for all the podcasts I've been on, but <laughs> she'll, uh, this is a, this is one that's near and dear to her heart. Okay. So sixes solve organizational problems and protect their team and protect the kids through going through the process of risk analysis. Mm-hmm. Right, they more than anyone will keep kids' ministry safe. They know that there are predators out there, and will do everything possible to run background checks. You know, create put safety measures in place in the room. They're also very responsible, like ones, and very dedicated. So they'll they'll stay in their position for a long time. Right, they're very steady and very consistent, uh, and also they are very good prepared teachers as well. I just know a lot of sixes in the education world. Uh, The blind spot is they can care too much about what could go wrong. And so their demands for safety and extra safety safety protocols can be exhausting uh, to their volunteers Mm -hmm. or their team. They can just come off like Debbie Downers or overly serious. Uh, And they're not good with change for the most part. Uh, They might complain when you change curriculum or readjust the kids' room, keep readjusting the kids' rooms, you know, just or, or the the main the you know the main pastor, lead pastor wants to do things differently or hire some more people. It just they like consistency and don't do really well with change, so could get very yeah. frustrated with that. Okay, so the leadership tips for sixes are to plan for change and to stay flexible, especially in a church plan or growing ministry. And then learn how to have safety and concern expectations that are in proportion to your church's size and stage of maturity. So for, you know, if you're starting out as a church plant, don't have a lot of resources yet, you can't demand, you know, that the church spends $5,000 on safety gear and all these things that are out of proportion to the church's size and stage, if that makes, if that makes any sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Background no, checks, great. absolutely, but yes, to, to have always. reasonable expectations uh, for their for their ministry leaders. Yeah, that's great. I love that. All right, let's jump into number seven. Okay, type sevens. The working superpower is they have this charisma that makes work and volunteering enjoyable, and just leads the ministry to new and exciting opportunities. Mm-hmm. So they are master recruiters. They are amazing with social media, like threes. Uh, They are good at casting vision. They like being on stage. Uh, They bring tons of people energy to volunteers and parents. So we have a type seven that's been the kind of the face of kids ministry, and she is amazing. The blind spot is uh, they are easily distractible. (laughs) Squirrel, you know, Uh, they might be the first to leave their volunteer post or the their kids ministry director position if things get hard Mm -hmm. or if they get bored. Mm. Uh, they yeah. might try to bring in other ministry responsibilities with it uh, because they like multitasking and doing all kinds of different roles. And they could be flaky or unreliable if they're starting out in kids ministry and you just recruited them. They they might not be there every Sunday or on time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the leadership tips for sevens is 
you know, don't change things up so much if you're leading kids ministry because students right. are constantly switching new curriculum. Oh, let's try this curriculum and let's change these rooms around and let's do it this way. And it, it's exciting yeah. to them, but it's chaotic to everyone else. Yeah. So they need to stay committed to their role and stay committed to the way things are longer than they probably want. Yeah. So those are my tips yeah. for sevens. Yeah. I feel like sevens are always like the greatest hype person for like large group time or welcoming new families or like I think we're in the summer and so there's like VBS and camp like you want those high energy exciting people up on stage and so that's where I feel like sevens thrive in those areas of like something like that is changing kind of consistently of like it's exciting we're playing the game we're listening to the song we're doing these hand motions like just uh very upbeat and exciting so I love exactly. that. Exactly. Right on. Yep. Okay. Type eights. Their working superpower is they have decisive leadership that gets momentum going and empowers people to take action. They help the church to climb mountains and do the seemingly impossible. They will build a strong and scalable kids ministry. Uh, they're also great on stage. They know how to put people in the right seats. They care about protecting kids and keeping kids safe. So very much like sixes in terms of being protectors. And they aren't afraid to recruit volunteers. They will ask people to do the impossible. Like, you know, they'll ask volunteers to be there 80 hours a week. You know, they're not afraid to ask uh, for those kinds of things. It's all about sacrifice and duty uh, for Mm -hmm. them. Uh, And they aren't afraid of conflict and addressing problems. So again, type eights like type ones get a hard time for being for being their type sometimes. And sometimes people don't see the positives as much uh, with with the type eight because they can be a little intimidating. They can be they can have a really strong mm-hmm. personality. But hey, there are many kids ministries uh, where parents put their kids in and there are issues and there's bullying and there's all these things happening and nobody does anything about them. But eights do. Yeah. They will have the hard conversation mm-hmm. with another parent if your kid is bullied. They'll have a hard conversation uh, with with you know somebody who's acting weird around kids. Like they they're not afraid to confront those yeah. types of people. So in that way, they're really great. The blind spots mm-hmm. are intimidation. They are prone to having a tough exterior, like, and they don't want to look weak. Uh, but their bluntness oftentimes scares people a little bit. And so they might not be super friendly uh, or warm with parents and volunteers. Uh, Sometimes they can go too hard and too fast and burn volunteers out when they push too hard and try to do the impossible in one semester. Uh, They may also get into leadership. They may become the kids ministry director and then try to turn things around too fast, uh, causing people to Mm -hmm. fall off the ship because they get in there and they break things and want to rebuild things. And so they can just do a little... Things a little too too quickly. So the leadership tips for them is to try to dial down their intensity, to smile more uh, when they're talking to parents mm-hmm. and kids, to bring out that warmth side of them because they have it and oftentimes comes out when they're around kids. But they also need to bring mm-hmm. that out with adults and they need to be yeah. affirming and encouraging to volunteers rather than treating them as soldiers who must do their duty. Yeah. So those are the tips yeah. for type eights. That's awesome. Something that comes to mind is for ministry staff people who are leading type eights, who their voice and their presence is really important in the ministry, but sometimes a ministry staff person who's not an eight does feel intimidated by a volunteer that they're supposed to be leading. And so 
how do you recommend or what are your tips on like leading eights when they're the eights are not in charge they're just on the team like everybody else but naturally sometimes eights come to the top of leadership and that's just where their gifting lies but how do you recommend leading them specifically well Hmm. it's a great question eights yeah oftentimes like you said rise to management to leadership positions And you won't find a lot of eights in supportive roles because they naturally are like chiefs who they go and they want to lead their own thing or start their own thing. Mm -hmm. So if you're leading an eight and they signed up to volunteer, you know, just giving them a lot of trust, giving them autonomy to do their thing, not don't try to micromanage them. Don't try to control them, but give them the freedom and give them the guardrails uh, is going to be really helpful and allowing them to try some new things like get let them climb a mountain let them go produce a new curriculum Mm -hmm. or oversee a new project that they can run out and get get excited because they get excited with challenges so you need to make sure that you're challenging Mm -hmm. them otherwise they're going to get bored uh, with just the monotony and routine of doing it and just on a personal level challenge them to you know exercise stay healthy find an outlet in life, a hobby in life where they can exert their energy and like burn off energy because they're, they're gut based, meaning their body types who feel everything in their body and just have a lot more energy than we do. They're like God's lightning rods. Mm -hmm. And so they just need a place to burn off energy. Uh, because oftentimes people say to them, you're too much, you're too much for me. And I have, I have a type eight son, my nine year old, who's on the autism spectrum. He's an eight. And so they need outlets to be able to, to, to not care about, uh, or to be in environments where people, uh, won't shame them for, for bringing their full self, you know? So they just need those outlets. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Let's, uh, finish off with type nine. All right. So the type nine working superpower is to create a harmonious space, um, by, mediating uh, people and differences that cause conflict and they, they support others selflessly. They're very selfless. So oftentimes twos and nines mistype because they can look a lot like each other. They have this calm and peaceful presence with kids. They smile all the time. They're super friendly. And along with twos are the first to volunteer because they want to be supportive uh, to their community. Mm-hmm. The blind spot though, is that they hate conflict so they might not, so in, opposed, in contrast to the eights, they might not address problems in kids' ministry. They might not um, bring up hard subjects or topics with the kids' ministry leader. And they might not have hard conversations with parents when issues happen. So they need to create more space for conflict and lean into conflict, knowing that peace faking is not going to help kids' ministry, mm-hmm. but they need to have hard conversations to make peace sometimes to work through situations and build parents trust with, with the church. And they also need to be aware of being passive aggressive. So if you ask a type nine to volunteer and you've texted them nine times and they're not responding back to you, it's because they're being passive aggressive. They (laughs) have a hard time of saying no, uh, or disagreeing with you. So they just won't talk or won't respond back. And so they can be more passive aggressive uh, and so you just need to get them to disagree with you more and to, to speak up more. And so that really goes into the leadership tips. So they, for when it comes to leadership tips, they have to 
know that protecting kids means having hard conversations at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if a type nine feels that they're being overlooked or they're just being a cog in the machine, which oftentimes they do because they're so supportive like twos and have a hard time saying no like twos, uh, they can just be asked and asked and asked and, and nines will do, do, do until the point where they get frustrated because they just feel like they're being used. Yeah. And so they, so if you're a type nine, you need to speak up and talk about your feelings and talk about the ways you feel overlooked so that you don't get stubborn and angry yeah. and just leave the church altogether rather yeah. than having those hard conversations. So lean in, be afraid. Don't be afraid to rock the boat uh, a little bit nines. So yeah. those are my think, tips for type nines. That's awesome. And I think leading nines, you kind of have to probe a little bit. I feel like you have to kind of ask the mm-hmm. question of like, what do you think? Or maybe it's your goal. You invite someone who has, who identifies as a type nine and you, and you go out to coffee or go out to lunch where you can have a more one-on-one conversation instead of asking them to share their opinion in front of everybody, but say like, Hey, I would actually love to know what you're thinking and what your thoughts are and what your feedback is. And kind of going that extra mile may allow your nines on your team to feel more valued and hopefully not get burnt out as fast, um, when you actually hear them. And so that's really great. And one more thing for nines. Yes. You're, a lot of nines are very creative. A lot of mm-hmm. nines are songwriters. Uh, Walt Disney was a nine. And so don't be afraid to ask your kids ministry leader or your team if you can write some curriculum or write some songs or do some creative things in kids ministry. Yeah. That, that, don't be afraid to, to take up more space. You know, like eights take up space yep. and need to make space for others. Nines need to walk into the kids ministry room and take up more space and be more directive mm-hmm. and, and be more forthright with their ideas because they're so, they're so good at what yeah. they do and we need to hear, hear their voice. Yeah. That's awesome. Gosh, I hope this is helpful for those ministry leaders that are listening that um, are leading teams or trying to figure out how to better their own leadership ability. And so um, I'm definitely going to link your, what did you call it at the beginning? The self-typing guide? Yes, the self-typing guide. That's what I was thinking. Uh, we're going to link that in the show notes because I think doing walking through something like that with maybe it's your leadership team, or maybe if your volunteer team is small enough to where you could sit, you could like gather everyone together and do this together. I think this could be really beneficial for your teams and how you lead and how they continue to lead and invest in the kids, um, in your ministry. So Tyler, I'm so thankful that you were able to join us and jump through all of those types. And I think your tips were so helpful. Um, but before you go, the last question we always ask is, if you were talking to someone brand new in ministry, what would be your words of encouragement or advice? Hmm. Yeah, when when you know, I've been through ministry and been through the 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 mountains and the valleys and what I would say is, you know, in giving advice is to stick with ministry longer than mm-hmm. you think, to stick with people longer than you think because it, it's going to surprise you at how Many people walk in the flesh sometimes and people are going to leave the church for really bad reasons. And you're going to have all these things happen. Uh, But to kind of expect these things, you know, not to to have this rose colored glasses view of ministry, but to realize that it's like an extended family. And as a pastor, there's so much more pressure because in the workplace, you know, you can kind of act a certain way. 
Uh, everyone's getting paid to do their duty in volunteer. When you're volunteering, like nobody has to stick around. No yeah. one's getting paid. So it's harder to cast vision, harder to get mm -hmm. people to be responsible, harder to, for people to show up and serve on a Sunday morning. And so you just got to have the expectation that, that people need coaching, they need vision, they need inspiring. Uh, and so, yeah. you know, to expect that people are going to leave, to expect that people are going to drop the ball at times, uh, but to not let that, you know, lead to you throwing in the towel and giving up. Uh, but to continue yeah. just to have a healthy relationship with Jesus, you know, being being healthy when you come come on Sunday morning and uh, being more resilient and being more tough skinned when it comes to some of those hard situations, uh, knowing that God's going to keep providing. He's going to keep uh, bringing people uh, into your ministry. He's going to keep bringing volunteers. Uh, just do your do your best to be resilient and to to not just have this expectation that people should uh, volunteer, but to really cast a vision yeah. and show them why it's beautiful to volunteer and how it's impacting kids' lives and to share stories of of kids' lives being impacted to really inspire people. So to have an inspire and align mentality versus sort of a command and control mentality when you're mm. when you're working with volunteers. So casting vision yeah. is just huge. And there's some types that are yeah. uh, just find it naturally, like threes and mm -hmm. sevens. But other types can, can do it as well. Um, so for sixes, rather than just thinking about all the things that could go wrong and helping lead your <laughs> lead a healthy organization in that way, think do the opposite. Think about all the things that could go right. Mm -hmm. And so send out an email saying, here are all the things that are going to go right this semester for kids ministry. Here's what we're going to accomplish. And to do the yep. opposite of what you typically do, uh, yep. that's going to inspire people so much, mm -hmm. uh, so much more. So those yeah. are a couple of things that come to the top of my head. That's awesome. I love those. What, how that's so encouraging and, uh, just continues to give our ministry leaders just the encouragement that they need to continue to persevere. I love that so much. Um, okay. Tyler, if people want to connect with you, if they want to learn more about your books that you're writing, your devotionals that you're writing, your coaching that you have available, where can they find you? Yeah. The easiest place is my website. To start, so Tyler, T-Y-L-E-R, Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, uh, Z-A-C-H, like the musician Bach, that's like, but it's Zach, so TylerZach.com. And then if you go to TylerZach.com slash free, uh, that's where you'll find the self-typing guide. I, you can also download an article for free called Should Christians Use the Enneagram? Because that's kind Ooh, that's of a hot a topic question. right now. Yep. So I have a yep. 3,000 word essay on how, why Christians can. And I even did a deep dive. I have a whole e-course on should Christians use the Enneagram discussing wow. the or origins uh, of the Enneagram. And so that's a, a course that's available on my website. Uh, and I have uh, five-day free devotionals. So if you're a type six and but don't want to buy the type six book yet but want to test drive it, uh, you can go download a five-day devotional for free uh, on your type. And I apologize, I'm working on type five and type eight. I'm going to write those books this year. Uh, but you can get a free five-day devotional for all the other types available on my website as well. 
That's awesome. So we'll link all of those things in the show notes. So you can head straight to the show notes for this episode and find all the links to Tyler's website. We'll link to where Tyler's on social media so that you can follow him there and continue to get the great content that he's putting out. So I'm so grateful, Tyler, that you were able to join us on the podcast. And we're definitely going to have to have you back because I feel like we only just like scratch the surface. There's so much more we could have talked about. And so I'm just so grateful that you were able to chat with us. I loved it, Lauren. Thanks so much for what you're doing. And for all those listening, thank you so much for being resilient and working in kids ministry. It's it's oftentimes uh, the job doesn't get the respect and attention. Uh, and sometimes if you're on staff, doesn't get the money uh, that you deserve. Uh, and so thank you for serving Jesus. Jesus sees you, you know, loves you. And uh, I'm so grateful for you. And I know Jesus is as well. Friends, I am so thankful that Tyler was able to join us on the podcast today. I thought he gave us so much information and so much wisdom, and I hope that you feel encouraged and more equipped to not only get to know your volunteers on a deeper level, but lead them well and continue to invest in each of your volunteers and celebrate the gifts that God has given them. Just a reminder, the Enneagram is just one of many tools that we can use to lead our teams well. And so keep that in mind as you continue to learn and as you continue to lead. If you want to learn more about Tyler's books or Tyler's coaching or all the things that he's writing, everything you will need is in the show notes. So you can head to the show notes for this episode and find Tyler's website, find Tyler's books and more information on the Enneagram. As always, if you want to continue the conversation, you can head over to Kids Ministry Circle on Instagram and Facebook at Kids Ministry Circle. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.